Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fire Talk podcast. Today, we just kind of wanted to talk about the Hall of Fame and kind of how we think it's a little blasphemous that Barry Bonds didn't get in. Not only Barry Bonds, but we had Roger Clemens not get in, A-Rod not get in. Uh, We've had former all-time greats Pete Rose not get in for things that, you know, although the PEDs are considered cheating, everybody else was cheating back in the day also. Um, And and the league was profiting off it heavily, and they didn't seem to mind the cheating back then. So, um, Chase, what are are your opinions on it? So the whole thing with Barry Bonds is like, sure, you can look at the seasons which he's very obviously taking PEDs, obviously, you know, hitting 73 home runs in a season is very unheard of. Uh, breaking Hank Aaron's record. You know, nobody thought that was going to happen, and it did. But if you look back before Bonds in the steroid era or when he first started taking steroids, he had already hit 411 home runs before he even managed to get onto the Giants when the PED started. He was pretty much a Hall of Fame lock if he just continued to play out his career without the PEDs. Obviously, he did, and it changes the conversation a little bit. It did kind of taint the home run record. You know, you look at the most home runs in a season at 73, you realize no one's probably ever going to get there again. However, it still takes a lot of coordination to, one, hit all those home runs, and two, the guy was a menace at bat. Like, they would walk him with the bases loaded because they'd rather face someone else than Barry Bonds. He had elite hand-eye coordination. He fixed his plate approach so that basically no matter where you threw at him, if you tried to throw him inside, he got his hands in quick enough. If you tried to throw the outside pitch, he could take it the other way. The guy was a complete hitter. And even then, before the steroids, he was a five-tool player at that. So I get why you want to hold the PEDs against him, but you're not doing right in the name of baseball when, one, you've already let Mark McGuire in, um, Mike Piazza, who admitted to taking a form of PEDs when they were legal uh, back in the 80s. And then you just elected Big Poppy into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I know everyone loves David Ortiz. I love David Ortiz. But are we just going to like glance past that he took steroids and he's a first-round Hall of Famer, first-ballot Hall of Famer? Is it second-ballot? No, I'm saying he took him twice. He got he got yeah, caught he took twice. Him twice. He got caught twice, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Barry Bonds, the one that broke the home run records, most home runs in a season, and has a ton of stolen bases and everything else on top of that. And you're just gonna glance over that and be like, you know what? Just because David Ortiz was great with reporters, great with the fans, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Sorry, it just doesn't work like that. You need to do right by all the other people in the steroid area that you profited off of very much. I know Isaac has a couple things to say about that, so I'm going to let him get into it. Yeah, mentioning Big Poppy, the guy only had a 60 war. Uh, Barry Bonds had 100 more war than than Big Poppy did, and not mentioning Big Poppy was only a DH. But you look at the numbers, Barry Bonds led the league in OPS five times before, and and Chase and I both considered it that uh, he started taking PEDs in 98. Um, but let us know if you guys have any different opinions. We know he got caught in the early 2000s, but there's a lot of different reports out there. Anyways, he led the league in OPS five times, slugging percentage three times, OBP four times, was a three-time MVP. Like, that's a Hall of Fame resume. 
that's a first ballot Hall of Fame resume as it is. He led the league in home runs once, but consistently was hitting over 30 bombs. Um, RBIs once, like what the guy did at the plate. It's he's probably considered the greatest hitter of all time, um, complete hitter of all time, because I mean, for average, it's our guy, Tony Gwynn. But um, when you look at, at just a complete hitter hitting for power, hitting for contact, you know, guy like Chase said, guys were afraid to face him so much that he got walked with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. And I think only only up two or down two runs. So, I mean, that just shows how great of a ball player he is. Not mentioning how, I mean, he was quite, him, Ken Griffey, A-Rod, probably some of the most profitable players in, in baseball, two of those taking PEDs. They didn't seem to mind at the time. Of course, he got caught, but like, I mean, if you're going to profit off the guy so much to where even now he's one of the biggest household names in baseball, you should cut him some slack and you should let him in the Hall of Fame. Um, not, not mentioning other guys that you left out of the Hall of Fame, Pete Rose, A-Rod, like, I know not many people like A-Rod. I like A-Rod. Um, leaving him out of the Hall of Fame is blasphemous also. But with Barry Bonds, mentioned the the stats that he let in, um, the impact he had on baseball. Like, I think Chase and I are both in consensus. We think Mike Trout is the greatest ball player of all time, but this guy's not very far behind. I think he's second. Um, and a lot of people think he is the greatest ball player of all time, and that's, that's very respectable. Um, and it, it's earned, considering what he did. Um, there's not really much to say everything's been said about the guy and and he definitely deserves a hall of fame spot it's unfortunate that he's never going to be on the ballot again i think um but hopefully the mlb somehow finds a way to get him in there whether it be you know reopening his his case something however they can do it because if one of your greatest players of all time is not immortalized in the hall of fame then you're not you're not doing right by the sport you're not you're not immortalizing someone that helped your sport so much turn around and, and make it fun to watch. Because remember, baseball has a bad stigma of how boring it is. I mean, all I, all I heard growing up was how boring baseball is, how boring baseball games are. But this, I mean, right now we have the Tatises, the Cunhas, um, Vladimir Guerrero, Shohei. Back then it was the Barry Bonds, the A-Rods, the Kurt, the, I don't really like Kurt Schilling, but Roger Clemens, you know, these guys that took the PEDs. And Sosa, but, the Mark McGuire, the home run race. The summer of 98. Yep, absolutely. You know how much profit they, they made a ESPN documentary based off the summer of 98. And none of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Like you're still profiting off those guys, but you're not letting them in the Hall of Fame. That was one of the greatest MVP races of all time. And neither of them are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Neither of them are going to be immortalized. They're just going to be names that played baseball. And that's not saying like, you know, playing baseball or making the Hall of Fame is everything because. No matter what happens, these guys' names, they're immortalized. They're, um, you know, they're going to be remembered forever in the baseball world. That includes Pete Rose, who leads baseball, all of baseball in hits, and he's not in the Hall of Fame over something that doesn't even have to do with, with performance-enhancing drugs. Chase, anything else you got to say? I just think it's funny that the journalists and writers, oh, not so much the writers thought about Pete Rose or the journalists, but... They have kept out the all-time home run leader. The all-time hit leader will never make the Hall of Fame. It seems like the MLB still hasn't given him like a pardon on anything. And even then, you know, you have all these writers say that they know baseball and they they do right by baseball. Then they submit blank check or blank ballots for the Hall of Fame. Like 
these are some guys' last chances to get into the Hall of Fame. They're very deserving. And you just said, it's not important enough, or I don't have an opinion on this. You don't get that right. If you're going to be a part of the Hall of Fame process, you should be forced to fill out your ballot. I don't care. You shouldn't be able to submit a blank ballot when there's some people's like entire career that is basically Hall of Fame worthy, and you're just tossing it aside saying, nah. And don't even get me started on the uh, – this is going just going to tear apart the writers real quick. The whole Ken Griffey thing still pisses me off. You guys made the first unanimous Hall of Famer a closer on the Yankees. It could have been anyone else. It, it, the fact that it was a Yankee, one, bugs me. I and mean, the fact that it was a closer bugs me. You had Ken Griffey just a couple years before that. And two people said he's not worthy to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know how you do that and call yourself a baseball writer. Yeah, so Chase, last thing. I think it was Will Middlebrooks who proposed this. I saw it on Twitter when I was just scrolling through, but what do you think of this idea? So all players that have that I think are either currently in the league or former players, I forgot what it was, that have 10-plus years of service get to vote for who gets in the Hall of Fame. What do you think of that? I, I think that's how it should be. I think when you put it into journalists' hands and reporters' hands, it gets a little messy because public uh, public opinion will sway it. How the players treated interviews and everything would probably sway it too. So, I think the players it should it should be the players. They're the ones that play the game. They're the one that sees the talent on the field. They have probably the best judgment of who should be in the Hall of Fame and who shouldn't. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. Just because there's going to be a lot of a lot of bias when it comes to to journal journalists or writers voting for this. Nick Canepa of the uh, the Union Tribune submitted a blank ballot. Not mentioning a couple years ago, he tweeted out something that he submitted. Like bashing people who submit blank ballots. So nice, but uh, anyway, you know, I just don't like the 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 bias, the East Coast bias. You mentioned Mariano Rivera being the first. Um, unanimous Hall of Famer, or yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, closer should not be the first. It should have been Ken Griffey Jr. And I don't even. I mean, I think they almost made Derek 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 Jeter the first one. I think, or maybe he was before. But uh, he was after Mariano. He was almost. He had a higher percentage than Mariano. I don't think he was unanimous. Let me check. I don't, I don't think he was. I think he was like one vote away. Um, but with that being said, what's up? Yep, he had one vote away. He had a 99.74%, second to Mariano Rivera, who was voted unanimously, and then Ken Griffey Jr. is the third. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bias in sports right now, especially in journalism. That's why players should be able to vote. They're the ones who play. So you're right, Chase. They see the talent there. Um I mean, after all, they, they know the talent better than anyone, I believe. So, um, I mean, just remember, Brandon Crawford got more first-place votes than Fernando for the for the MVP. And, I mean, come on, that's bias in itself. But thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back with another one tomorrow. But I uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your day.